0: Welcome to Only Today, a Gathering Mana podcast where Catholic moms can find practical tips, advice, and help that will equip them to live more joyfully in their vocations as mothers and wives. This series is called Pray With Me. Here we will explore what it means to dwell moment by moment with God and keep our hearts near Him amidst the busy work of motherhood. Together we're going to learn how to apply contemplative spirituality to the everyday moments of ordinary life. Let's listen in. Welcome back. We are in the series, Transforming Prayers for Catholic Moms. And today, we're talking about a one-line prayer that could change everything about how you see your life. We're talking about the word deception. And the prayer for today is, Lord, keep me from deception and we're gonna explore the nature of deception and the truth about it and how we can spot it in our lives and renounce it with our whole hearts, instead reaching for God's truth. I hadn't intended to do this, but I'm going to cover this prayer in two sessions instead of one. When I started to dig into this, I realized pretty quickly that God is very serious about this topic of deception and um, it's ancillary topics of lies and deceitfulness, and he's given it a lot of space in his word. So we also need to give the same treatment to it. If it's important enough for him to include it in his top 10 commandments and treat it so thoroughly in his word, then it's definitely worth exploring for us as well. Today we're going to ask God to keep us from internal deception what we think what we believe how we internalize messages and how we view ourselves and others next time we will cover external deception what we speak with our lips and how we receive what others say and speak with theirs you know we are really lucky in this place in history to have the tools that we have to access information I use a free online search program called Bible Gateway. And what I love about this program is that you have the option to look up any verse, phrase, or concept in any translation of the Bible. So this is a huge treasure for me in my spiritual life and my work because I'm able to dig into so many different layers of one concept. As I was developing this episode, I did a word search for deception and its derivatives like deceitfulness, lies, lying, and those sorts of things. And the reason I did this is because I wanted to explore and study the uses of that word in Scripture and the context of those uses to get a bigger picture. Over 120 times I found, as the Bible discussed, lying, lies, deception, and deceitfulness. And here are some of the key scriptures. Well, In this podcast, we're going to look at some of those key scriptures that encapsulate the Bible's use of this word deception in the context that we're discussing it today. The first thing that we see is that the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can cure it? So we're leading with a question today, and we're going to find out what the answer is to that question that the psalmist asks. You know, I wish that we could dig deep into the nature and character of lies in these scriptures. But for the sake of time, we just can't cover all of them. So I encourage you to make use of some of the online tools that I use to do your own word studies. And possibly further study with a concordance or a reference book that is faithful to the historical and magisterial truth. Magisterial truth established by Jesus and His church. So have fun with it and do your own your own searches because it's actually really, really neat to see what the Bible has to say, the whole testimony of Scripture on a certain concepts. So but today we're gonna to focus on this prayer. Lord, keep me from internal deception. So we pray today, Lord, keep me from internal deception. Deception about my own sin motives, bad habits, my children's and spouse's needs, sin or bad habits, or beliefs I have internalized about myself or others that are inaccurate. I wanna say a quick word about lies. They have one origin, Satan, hell even. There's no such thing as a safe lie. All lies do secret damage to the internal structure of our souls. The reason why lies are problematic is that they acclimate the heart to a fractured truth. When we fracture truth ourselves, or we accept a fractured truth ironically, we're less able to perceive or submit to a whole truth. When we lie, or believe lies, we deny the authority of truth, which opens us wide to a subverted and subjected understanding. Most of this occurs on a subconscious level, which is why conscious lying or consciously believing lies or turning them over in your mind is so problematic. It unleashes a silent poison that pollutes your ability without you ever feeling or perceiving that it's happening. That is why scripture tells us, cry out to Jesus to heal you, to protect you, and to keep you from deception. I also want to say here a word about Satan. Satan's chief title, among many others, is the father of lies. And let's hear from John eight forty four. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You see, sister, lying is who Satan is. I bet you know some people that you could describe in this way, just due to the way they lie about everything. And that's just kind of the nature of lies. They consume people. They become their primary mode of thinking, communication, and reasoning. And the one who sets the gold standard of this is the enemy of Jesus, our enemy as well. The Bible says he stalks like a roaring lion, looking for the sleeping, looking for someone he can devour. You see, he's nothing if he's not an opportunist. And his language from the very beginning of time, way back in the Garden of Eden, has been lies, distorting the truth, little by little until we are consumed and can't even recognize truth when it presents itself to us. You know, this is a big problem, and I, I sometimes get nervous when I look at this topic because I feel like, how am I ever going to root this self this out in myself? The Bible tells me, it's like we read before, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It seems like a huge task to like, figure out what areas I've believed that are untrue. And the good news is that we don't have to be in charge of that today. When I think of all the ways that I have deceived myself, others have been deceived, or believe things that are not true, I feel really overwhelmed. And I say with the psalmist, who can cure me? But scripture also says, who can deliver me from this body of death? The frustrated Apostle Paul pens these words in Romans 7, and he goes on to say, I find it to be the truth that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner self, but I also see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am! Who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he reminds himself of the truth when he's discouraged. And he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He remembers that his freedom comes from Christ and from his sacrifice on the cross. And Lamentations 3.22 tells us, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed by lies. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. So scripture is kind of revealing to us a plan that the answer, the antidote to deception, is God's protection. And specifically, to cry out to God and ask Him to root out deception in us and to protect us from further deception, to teach us the truth. Here's some scriptures that show us that this is the way. Psalm 119 29 says, keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. Psalm 122, save me from lying lips and deceitful tongues, even my own. That was my addition there at the end. Psalm 139, search me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me to eternal life. We're renewing our minds with Scripture here today. And as we look at Scripture, it doesn't appear that the answer to this deception problem is to pick through every single thing we've ever thought or experienced or heard or read to test it against the truth of God. That's impossible. Deception is all around us on a massive scale. The answer, however, as Scripture tells us, is to go before the Lord who has seen every movement of your heart and every message that ever entered and to ask him to cleanse it, to purify it, to renew it, to heal it. As this happens, he will bring to your attention certain areas where you have believed things that were not true about him, about the people around you, and about yourself. Let him set the agenda And the to-do list for the active fight let us today obey his word and ask him to protect us from it from deception from this moment forth and forever god is able to do this god is faithful god is ready and your lord says to you just as he said to the blind man who asked him for help and healing I am willing. We obey by asking for protection, but we also obey by doing two things scripture tells us will actually help us to both recognize and fend off deception when it hits. Romans 12, 2 tells us, do not conform to the ways of this world or to the pattern of its thinking, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, You will be able to discern the will of God, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And I want to read that again. I want it to sink in deep. Do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern the will of God, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So we renew our minds through scripture. We renew our minds through the reading and receiving of truth. We reprogram with God's truth. And as we do, we will begin to recognize some areas we've been believing things that don't line up with scripture or God's best for us. Once the Lord reveals those things to us, then and only then are we able to join him in the active fight against the enemy on our behalf. Scripture instructs us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. If you've never heard the statement I'm about to make to you, it wouldn't surprise me. But sister, what I am about to say to you has the potential to change your life. Did you know that not every thought that enters your mind is true did you know that not every thought that enters your mind comes from you did you know that not every thought that enters your mind has to stay there notice that scripture doesn't say control every thought that enters your mind no that's impossible but it does say take them captive Once you perceive them and take them captive, examine them. Make sure they're in line with truth before you welcome them, accept them, and allow them into the city of your heart. In this way, you are the gatekeeper of your city. There are no permanent visas for your thought life. We must be vigilant and guarding our thoughts because as Scripture says, they are our heart and the wellspring of our life. You are also the watchman on the tower, scanning the horizon for enemy infiltration. And we'll talk more about that a little later. So as we begin to renew our minds through the reading of truth, taking captive and discarding the thoughts that don't line up, we will begin to discern and experience that perfect, peaceful place of rest that is the will of God that Romans 12 tells us about. So let's review a scriptural model of how to guard against deception. Number one, examination. As we see in Psalm 51 and Psalm 139, we're examining our hearts regularly. Not to do a life inventory of all possible areas or to look at every possible scenario. God will reveal that as he wants to heal it. But we're regularly examining our heart because we're asking the Lord, we're inviting the Lord in to do His sanctifying work in us, to show us where we need to confess sin or to show us where we've developed some thought patterns that are contrary to His or that are going to harm us or going to open the door for deception. Typically in the church, Fridays are days of penitence. And as most of you know, one of the things I really hunger to do is to bring the liturgical spirit of the church into my home on a daily basis and into my heart as well. So I developed this little thing called the Friday File as an accountability system to me, sort of a checkpoint every week to keep me from believing and nursing deceptive lies or thought patterns that God doesn't want me to for long periods of time. So what I do is every Friday in the Liturgy of the Hours, we pray Psalm 51 and in that psalm is a model of how to deal with sin once we've realized it's in the camp. First we examine our hearts and we allow God to reveal things and then we confess both to him and also we participate in the sacrament of confession regularly. The sacrament of confession is an active healing sacrament. When we go to confession even when even when we don't have mortal sin on our souls, even when We just have venial things that we're struggling with. If we will take it to confession, we will receive grace to fight those temptations to venial sin. We will receive grace to desire to do the right thing. Confession is the medicinal, the healing property that Jesus set into place to help us to live the life he has asked us to live. So we regularly examine ourselves. And we look at the ways that we are um, possibly nursing some things that we don't need to do. And so I talked about my Friday file, and I'm going to come back to that now. So we're examining our hearts, and I have this file that I set up. And what I have is a, an examination of heart, which you can find those are a lot of different places. You can find them online, or there are books about them. And I have one that I do according to the Beatitudes. So I will read that examination and try to see um, just some areas that I, to see if I can find some areas that I need to confess to the Lord or if there are things, and there are always things that I end up finding in my thought patterns each week that need to be corrected and sin that I actually didn't even know was there. So that's what's so great about examinations is because they really do help us to think on a deeper level, on a a larger scale, about the things that we might be struggling with in our lives. So I have this file, and inside of that file is the examination, and then I have some articles about, um, particularly about an article about hardening my heart towards my family, and I think I've shared that here at Gathering Manna many times, and I would love to share it with you again if if you don't have access to that, but I read through a list of those ways that we might be hardening our hearts towards the people in our lives, and I'm always able to find something that resonates. So that's another thing that goes in my file. And then another thing that I have in my file to go through is a marriage examination of the ways that I've been treating my spouse and my family. So these are just, it's called the Friday file and I just keep it near me and I, I open it up on Fridays after I do the Liturgy of the Hours and I just ask the Lord to show me and then I take that to confession as needed and I ask for His grace to be able to live the life that He's asking me to live. I also, and this is the third step in our scriptural model for how to guard against deception, I also ask for protection. I ask him to protect me from deception, from the deception that I that it comes from me, or in deception that comes from others, deception that may be coming from the enemy. I want to be bathed in his truth. I don't want there to be any pattern of thought or belief that could hurt me and harm me or harm my children in the way that I think. So I really want to be diligent about that. The fourth step um, in the scriptural model is to stand watch through the renewing of your mind and the taking captive of your thoughts. And this is where we're going to begin to engage in an active study of scripture. We're going to set up a regular and thorough reading of God's Word to allow us to begin to reacclimate to the truth of God in the New Testament. And particularly the epistles are really great for this because they teach us, the qualities that that God is asking of us. And they teach us the way in which we kind of walk out and live this faith. And so those are really great. And the gospels, always the gospels, we return to the gospels. They will keep us steady to our path. They will show us how to imitate the Lord. Reading scripture is crucial in this fight against guarding, guarding against deception. And then that way, when we read scripture and we take captive those thoughts that are not in obedience to God's truth, we're being a gatekeeper but there's also a fifth step and that's securing the perimeter. And I talked about this earlier, but I like to think of this step sort of as being a watchman. So a watchman stands on the top of the gate to the city and he scans the horizon, looking for weak spots, entry points, possible enemy advances. He's watching, watching and for ways in which the enemy could try to infiltrate the city. And we're gonna talk a lot more about being the watchman next week. But let's just briefly mention it here about some ways that you can maybe try looking at securing the perimeter this week. Here are some problematic practices and doorways to deception. Number one, too much media. Too much exposure to social media, to culture, to TV. Too much exposure crowds out your ability to listen to God. So, we want to be really diligent to keep a balance there um, in our social media use, especially. I know that's really problematic for women sometimes and distracting us from the Lord and from our time with Him, but also just um, exposing ourselves to harmful patterns of thought that can keep us and get us off the path and keep us away from the path to um, God's truth. So we want to, number one, too much media is a problematic practice. Number two, not enough silence or scripture or prayer, another problematic practice, a doorway to deception, because if you're not guarding that gate, if you're not standing watch, things are going to creep in. And so that's how we stay focused and diligent is by reading of Scripture, prayer, and and being in silence to allow the Lord to speak in that interior place in our heart. Another uh, problematic practice is tolerating what I call sin in the camp. And this phrase comes from the Old Testament, where you see um, all throughout the Old Testament what happens and how much pain and sorrow happened when God's people um, nursed secret affairs of the heart with other gods, also known as things that take His place. In our lives, um, they refused to be gatekeepers, or their gatekeepers weren't doing their job, and these things slipped in quietly and slowly over time. This idol worship and this um, distraction from the one truth of God, and we see what happened over and over in the Old Testament um, when the people, when God's people, allowed these things to sleep to slip in, and it always starts with tolerating sin, um, tolerating thought patterns that shouldn't be there. That's how it always begins. When we allow untruths and the things we know to be lies to dwell in us, um, we're doing kind of the same thing that they were doing. And the fruit of that is pain and sorrow. Let it never be said of us. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own power and the strength of your might, as it says in Hosea 10.13. And again, in Jeremiah 13.25, we see a similar warning. This is your lot. The portion I have measured out to you because you have forgotten me and trusted in lies. God forbid. God forbid in my life and in yours that that would ever be said of us. And so we're here today to renew our minds and to ask God to keep us from deception. There are a couple more doorways to deception we need to be aware of. When we're constantly turning over hurts and bitternesses and, and things that have been done wrong to us, this can lead to deception um, in a lot of different ways, and we'll talk again more about that next week. We're going to see warnings all throughout the Psalms and Scripture about nursing this bitterness in our hearts. Another, probably the most problematic of all of these, are speaking lies and um and we, we kind of figured out earlier when we talked about what that does and how that fractures truth, about why that's such a problem. Um, and next week when we cover the external deception, we'll talk about what actually happens in our hearts when we speak lies, especially when we know them to be lies. And then there's also gonna be a little side note about gossip and why gossip is actually tied to lying and even murder. So what do you think, sis? Have you been able to identify some areas in your life as we've been talking where you're trading God's truth for yours? What do you think about the scriptural model for guarding against deception? Let's go over that again. And um, as you as you listen and re-listen to this, and see if you can incorporate some of that into your life this week. And just keep in mind that remember, you don't need to get overwhelmed. God, if you submit the Lord, if you submit to the Lord and you ask Him to heal you from deception. He's going to begin to protect that and to reveal to you the things that you need him to heal so that you can ask him to heal it. So as we close today, pray with me with the psalmist, Lord, keep me from deception. Reveal any area of hidden transgression in me. Move through my heart and my spirit, healing and restoring and planting seeds of hope and truth. Help me to guard my thoughts and to exchange them for your thoughts when needed. May God bless you and protect you from deception this week in Jesus' name. And please know, my prayer is for you to find joy today in the little things. And until we meet again, seek Him moment by moment, because He is always seeking you.